myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. This is for all the gambling teams Thinking the money has passed them by Well, don't give up until you fix a few games They wanted to show them the money It's payday Now the NCAA is on their ass (laughs) Welcome (laughs) It's all abrupt. The Long Con <laughs> Podcast is me, Michael, and with me as always is S-Man. What up? Before. You're like in the zone there. Were you just like mesmerized by my tune? No, I, I clicked off the rundown and I was <laughs> I was kind of, I was looking at the next thing we were going to talk about. And then you said, now nah, the NCC is on there. And usually uh, what I've noticed in some of your songs you have a chorus that usually re- you'll usually repeat the same thing a couple yeah, times. Sorry. So I thought I had a couple more and I was like, oh no, he's he's done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I was shortened to the point on that one. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, this week, basically what Steve's talking about, we have a couple uh, top story headlines yeah. here. And the, the first one's uh, Alabama coach, Alabama's college, the college coach, Brad Bohannon was fired for, uh, they're not saying it out loud, but it's looking for, he potentially fixed games at least one which is really interesting so you know the story was kind of broke by espn and it just kind of caught wildfire just took off yeah and uh it was thursday it was on like around may 4th may 3rd and basically there was some suspicious betting activity on the crimson tides game against lsu which was six days prior to him being let go and especially sport uh, sports book uh, surveillance video. Uh, they had a person placing bets and they were communicating with Bohannon at the same time. And this is before the game. And this is while the game, uh, it was like a lot of stuff. And the athletic director came out, which is Greg Brine. And he said they initiated the termination process. And he, I guess he had violated the standards, duties, responsibilities expected of the university employees. So Basically, they say they're saying that the alleged suspicious activity was caught at the Great American Ballpark, which we know the Cincinnati Reds play right, in. Right. Um, and this was according to the Ohio Casino Control Commission. So basically, the the bets were placed in Ohio, but this is during a game against Alabama and LSU baseball, college okay. baseball. Okay. So there's and the thing was there was some suspicious stuff happening during this time, Steve. So yeah. this is why they're not coming out and saying it. Because you, I, I don't think legally a lot of these media companies like ESPN and that, they can't come out and say it, but they can kind of say it without av- actually having to say it out loud. Right. But you could just infer, essentially. That's that's yeah. exactly it. So at the before the start of the game, Alabama's scheduled pitcher, their ace, their Luke Holman, it yeah. was their, their, one of their best pitchers. He was scratched before the game because of back oh. tightness. It was replaced by kind of a spotty pitcher in, in Hagen Banks who he hadn't started since March 16th. So LSU ended up winning that game eight to six. Now we know LSU has a great club, yeah, but it was just kind of weird that he would do that prior to the game. And it was kind of a perfect storm of everything happening. I think they have more information that they're not letting go yet until they do all right. their investigating, but essentially they're thinking that 
the coach had some inside and basically was using the inside to either to place bets against his own team against that matchup or uh, with his team. But uh, anyways, it was basically like almost like a Pete Rose thing going on. Yeah, They can't say he betted against his team, but if that came out, I mean, that would just, I mean, he's already going to be blackballed. I was going to say at least Pete Rose bet for his team to win. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Man. He's essentially flushed his career down the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that's, that's, you know, I I talked to other people about that too. You're like, and that's kind of what you, that's exactly what they say. Well, I hope it was worth it. (laughs) I don't know if he looked at getting another job, but I don't even know if a high school would hire him at this point. So it's kind of sad to see. So at the end of our show last week, which we, I ended up taking out of it, Steve, I don't know if you listened to the show, but I ended up taking Mm -hmm. that out because we didn't really have, we didn't really have all the information on this. Right, so, right. you know, Steve and I, uh, guys, everybody's listening. We were going to break this last week on right. our podcast, but we didn't really have all the information. So until it came out that Brad Bohannon was terminated, once he did, everybody took took it and fucking ran. Yeah. So uh-huh. and, and it was it's crazy because essentially remember when it first came out, Steve, it was kind of weird. They said all Ohio bets. Were against having Alabama. against yeah. Alabama or anything to yep. do with Alabama were like they stopped it. All the we, sports we thought that was a head scratcher. Yeah, yeah. And then there was these inklings that the personnel or maybe the coach was involved, but they didn't say for which side. It was this whole thing, and then it suddenly came out like, oh, the Brad Bohannon was behind this, so he was placing bets. So I'm sure in this investigation. So Steve, we know in these investigations, what happens are. Yep or is that they're going to probably look at his past games right? and probably look at fine tooth comb right here. Right. Exactly. And then kind of figure out, okay, this is what he bet or what his, his person bet at that time. Let's look at his tax. Let's look at, because you could, I mean, it's across state lines, so you could probably get the FBI involved. It's probably going to be a very big investigation. And, uh, and this might screw Alabama over. I mean, not only for, their recruits, but it might screw their program over for the for the years to come. Yeah, I mean, what do you hope to get out of this besides extra money? Was he, you know, sick of Alabama basketball and Alabama football getting the spotlight, and he wanted to? Where's my money? <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, yes. show me the money. <laughs> Nick Saban's making eight million dollars a year. I'm only making two hundred twenty five thousand. Yeah, my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. This is the way he gets him back. He's like, fuck yeah. it. <laughs> well. Like I said, I, I, hope, I hope it was worth it because he's blackballed himself forever now. So, well, <laughs> and, and some people, I, I go through Twitter, and some people are saying, "Why would these sport books? Why were these sports betting places? Why would they turn people in? Why would they care?" Well, actually, that was the reason why sports betting. That was a big thing when sports betting became involved in sports. Now you have right. basketball and you have a lot of these professional sports that are affiliated with sports betting. I mean, we talk about Bavada on our site and everything right. or on our podcast and everything. And the reason why they can make these they can make these partnerships is because these sport entities, the NBA, NFL, MLB, all of them, they want their people, their players, their personnel, anybody who works for them under investigation or they want them to be carefully watch carefully watched when they're making bets because they don't want corruption. Right. So right. basically they're looking at if anybody's betting against games because you can't bet games. I mean, look what just happened in the NFL with the yeah. Detroit Lions. Yep. Right? I mean, they, yeah, they suspended can't... six players. They in the you know, they suspended six players because the sports book turned them in and said, Hey, 
just to let He's, you know, Jamison Williams and all these other guys are yep. betting on college games. They're betting on NFL games, which is a no-no. You can bet on NFL games, but you are college, college games. You can't you bet can't on bet NFL on. games. Yep. And, and another thing, uh, you know, going back to Jamison Williams thing is uh, uh, the big thing with him is uh, he was betting on team facilities. You can't place bets when you're on team facilities. That's right. <laughs> so that's right. Um, and I think with Williams, it was uh, the only reason he wasn't out for the season is because he only bet on he didn't bet on the NFL. I think right. he bet on college. I think right. That's exactly yeah. it. If you if you bet on college bet on, or NFL, you, you would have been out for the uh, the year. The, I think for the year, yeah, which would have just not more <laughs> kill them. Yeah, so the Lions knew a while about Williams and then they let it out. So as you can see, these investigations take a while before they're probably legally allowed to say the teams are legally allowed to say anything. So right. the fact that they responded six days after the LSU game, the, the investigation, the investigators that makes it kind of interesting that they must be pretty confident of to what happened, you know? Yep. Oh, definitely. I agree. I agree. And, uh, Yeah. Curious to see uh, what happens here. Uh, corresponding with that, I was under investigation too. You see that? Yeah. So, do, what do you know about that? I know a little bit. A little bit. So, this one goes beyond baseball. This is uh, 26 student athletes across multiple sports, including, uh, uh, let's see, men's basketball, baseball, football, track and field, and wrestling. And That's also cool. one full-time employee with Iowa Department of Athletics were are all uh, uh, under investigation for uh, uh, sports wagering. So I was informed the NCAA that they are aware of this. They've hired outside counsel, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. So, I mean, that's a lot of sports. <laughs> that's a lot, yeah. So the fact that this all happened with with all these sports is kind of troubling. And, and it, a little bit. Basically, Iowa received information about 111 people, yeah. including 26 athletes from yep. these sports. So that's insane to even think about. Yeah. So of, of the 111, 26 were athletes. athletes. So you know that there's probably coaches involved. Oh, there's yeah. probably, and, and it makes you wonder if not only if it was about betting and gambling as, a, as, as it is, but if it's also about covering up it. Right. Because... Right. I'm sure for every program, there's people who they're kind of cleaners, right? They're yep. people who come in there and it's like, okay, we got to clean this up or we got to protect yep. you. We got to do what we can. So this doesn't make way big waves. And that's right. hard. I'm sure. I'm sure every college has these kind of people, which are probably PR teams and, yep. and things like that. But the fact that 111 individuals they came to, I mean, that's, <laughs> I wonder what's going to come of this. And this is the problem with sports betting. I mean, when you have sports betting involved in professional sports, college sports, there's going to be corruption at the highest levels. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, it's all, you know, it all goes back to whenever they, you know, paying the athletes and now gambling like casinos and DraftKings, all that, that's over everything now when it comes to sports. Hell, Bally sports is, you know, that Bally. For like all the uh, you know the regional sports networks, so ever since ever since gambling got involved in here, like more out in the open with sports, I just had a feeling that something like this was going to happen. So right, ticking time bomb, right? I mean, we we've yep, seen it, it is. and if we're talking in baseball terms, we've seen this, but we well, not us personally, but the Black Sox scandal was huge, yep. and yep. I, I think that really made things kind of more sewn up in baseball. They said, okay, well, t- to 
to make sure that the game isn't corrupt. We're going to pay our players more. We're going to X out any gambling because they seen early on when you bring other money, gambling money, casino-esque things from inside these facilities, pro facilities, collegiate facilities, you're going to have problems. Yep, exactly. I mean, I've even seen betting at the high school level. I mean, you see it with (laughs) big big programs, and it's sad, man. It's... Uh And this isn't the last time, first time or last time we'll hear about this. I'm sure the longer we go with this podcast, we're going to hear about stuff happening that is probably happening right now, even. Oh, yeah. Uh, And there's there's always when there's money to be made, there's people that are going to try to make it. And especially when you have young individuals trying to like the Jameson Williams with the NFL thing. We're just using him because he was the biggest name out of that group. Right. People were wondering, well, he's a millionaire. Why do this? But it's like, well, he's a kid also. Kid. Exactly. He's, what, 22 years old, 21 right. years old? Yeah. Like yeah. He, he doesn't know better. They don't know better. People, these people in his corner to basically tell him what to right. do. You know, what's yeah. right. You know, That's right. If he's not if he's not getting that guidance, then we're going to have some problems here, you know? That's exactly it, Steve. And and they could sit there and when they bring into the when they bring these rookies into those when they have those all rookie meetings in the in these professional sports like yeah. NFL and stuff where they tell they break down the rules to the rookies and I know they say you can't gamble you can't especially within the facility you can't do yeah. this that and the other thing and I'm sure they listen to it for the most part but you can't track these guys all the time no. and what led to the Jamison Williams suspension is the moron set up an account with said sporting book and they yep. just traced the email and found it was Jamison Williams. They found out where, cause you when when you do these bets, you got to put where you're doing it from. Like it's, right. it basically marks your location kind of like on right. your phone. You're right. So yep. marked yep. his location. Like, Oh, that's interesting. He's in Allen park. He's in oh, he's Allen park. In, uh, oh, the lives facilities are there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy signed up as Jameson. door across the street. Yeah. Guys, Jamison Williams. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. Oh, put two and two together. I think it's more sad at the collegiate level just because yes. the uh, the people you're dealing with, I mean, you have people who know better. Like that coach, that Brad Bohannon, he knew better. He knew better. And yep. and if he's going to do that, if he's going to risk everything just to do that, then not only is he a black mark on the game, but he's a black mark to himself and his family. I mean, Agreed. it's just... Uh, and especially if he's throwing games because of yeah. it or if he's trying to affect games because of right. it. I mean, that's right. just... I, I mean, that's know. a lifetime ban from baseball, yeah. if you ask me. I just want to know why. I mean, I ultimately it comes down to money. Maybe yeah. he felt like he wasn't getting enough, you know? I'm sure that's what it is, Steve, but, 100%. You know, and you see it more, I'm noticing, you know, especially with this baseball thing. All the NIL and all this money seems to go towards football and basketball. So maybe some of the other sports are feeling slighted. Right. Where am I, I going to get my money? You know, every, like- you know, people are getting paid to play now, but our our baseball team, our track team, these littler sports, our wrestling team, we're not getting money to play. So how are we going to get our money? Maybe we wager and uh, and see if we can make our money that way. Steve, that's a really good point you brought up because not a lot of people. I mean, I think it's just under you assume, okay, Alabama, you know, yep. most of the money's going to the football program, right? Right. So, yep. uh, so uh, you know, when you have big when you have big sports schools, Kentucky, you yep. know, most of the money's going towards basketball, right? So. It makes you and and you imagine a lot of the NIL deals. That's another thing that's kind of a problem. So you have NIL deals. Well, they're only going to be attracted to the big athletes, the big names in the big sports. So when we're saying Kentucky, well, they're only only going to be going after Kentucky basketball basketball players. players. 
Michigan right? State, most likely basketball, some football. Right. You know? Right. Mich- Michigan, a lot of football. A lot of football. You know? Um, yeah. and it just goes on. I mean, you don't hear big INL deals, NIL deals for hockey, or uh-uh. you know, I, I love that Caitlin Clark from Iowa. I love yep. that women's basketball. She kind of got big NIL right. deals because yep. she's a name. But then you look exactly. at can I name one person on Iowa's squad? No. Nope. On on Iowa uh, baseball, baseball squad? No. And you know that they're not getting big NIL deals, if anything. Right. right. Exactly. Right? I mean, Hunter Dickinson, who just transferred <laughs> from Michigan to Kansas, basically came out and said, I was only making five figures NIL deals at Michigan. They weren't offering six figures. So that's why I went to Kansas. And he just yep. said that. So Yeah. Yeah. He basically said, I'm doing what's best for my future. He's like, I am a... Uh, what what do you say? I'm I'm tarnishing my Michigan legacy by by betting on myself, essentially. At one point, as a fan, you're you're kind of saying, "Wow, this guy's a douche." I mean, <laughs> yeah. But on the other side, you're kind of saying you're actually kind of smart because you you could snap your leg tomorrow and your dream exactly. is over. And if you're not taken care of financially, exactly. who's going to look out for you? Right. Yeah, so look, look at Hunter Dixon as a, as a basketball player. I don't think his game translates to the pro level. No. So if I was him in college, I'd make as much money as I can right now. Yeah. And, and get myself sitting a little bit and make some investments or something like that, because I'm not going to be making big bucks. Uh, I'm most likely going to be playing overseas. Yeah. Let's be yeah. honest here. Barcelona right? and China is calling yeah. his name. right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it makes sense why people would go for money yep. and ways of making money and sports betting kind of allows that to happen. Obviously, like I said, there's things in place to where they keep their eyes on who's doing it and all that. That's their agreements with the NCAA and with the professional sports side of it. But if you want to place a bet, you're going to get a bet in somehow, some way it's the stupid people are the ones that get caught. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's usually how it goes with a lot of things. right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like I said, this won't be the first nor last time we're going to talk about this. I'm Uh sure there's going to be more down the line throughout the years. It's going to be like this when you include sports betting into professional and collegiate sports. Yep. Yep. Completely agree. This is just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. Yeah. I would say. Um we lost a legend this week, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Somebody that I, I was a big fan of this guy. Yeah. Uh, yep. Vita Blue died. Did you have some Vita Blue autographs that you got at like singles night? I did, I yeah. yeah. I got yep. some Vita Blue ones. Yeah, I, I was always a big fan of Vita Blue. I always thought he was a really good pitcher, one of the better lefty pitchers. Yep. Uh, when he was young, he was actually a really good hitter. Not a lot of people knew about that, but he, he was a switch hitter. Wow. Okay. So, uh, But I always liked Vita Blue. He kind of flamed out. In the yeah. 80s a little bit, but right, in the right. 70s, he was he was really good. Six-time All-Star, won yeah. the World Series three times in the 70s, and AL MVP, won, I believe, one Cy Young, and had a, um, a couple no-hitters to his name okay. as well. And obviously, the, the Giants retired his, his... He made the Giants Hall of Fame, the Wall of Fame, yep. and he made the Athletics yep. Hall of Fame yep. as well. But yeah, Vita Blue, man, 73, he passed away. Wow, that's young. Yeah, I, I would you know, say that's young too. I would say, you know, but still, yeah, six time All Star, three time World Series champions on those Oakland A teams. And uh, yeah, I had the rare AL MVP and Cy Young in the same season. That's a heck of a year in 71. So yeah, yeah. And um, he was, he died of cancer. That, okay. that was the, uh, without him. Yeah. But he was uh, not, I mean, uh, he doesn't really get talked about a lot, but he was good with charity work too. I mean, yeah. he was always a big proponent of his community in, in, in California. 
Yep. Um, even though he was a Louisiana native, he basically stayed in California most of, I think it's most of his career, right. aside from a little stint from 82 to 83 with the Royals, but always, always kind of a West Coast guy and yeah. um, just a pitcher that doesn't get enough um, he does. He was overlooked a lot on the A's team. You always think of Reggie Jackson, Raleigh Fingers, Catfish Hunter, uh, you know, players like that. Vita Blue kind of gets uh, overlooked, so to speak, sometimes. So, but a big, uh, big, big arm in that uh, rotation there. So, yeah, I mean, a big power pitcher, one of the early yep. power pitchers that just had a slingshot for an arm. And I was wondering because we're probably not going to see. 300 wins anytime right. soon and 3000 strikeouts is still the is still the number to get right and right. obviously he's not in the hall of fame probably because he came nowhere close to that yeah. just a little over uh 2100 strikeouts yep. had 209 and 161 win loss record is 3.27 era was really Pretty good good. Yep. but uh at, for the most part he didn't get those big milestones you need Right. as a pitcher which that's probably why he's not why he's not in the hall of fame but you can't take away what the guy did i mean uh-uh. he's just he was always in the 70s he was one of the top pitchers of the game especially in the yep. al so yep. the fact that he just never quite got to the hall of fame it's kind of sad i mean i i, I could definitely see why but it's just kind of a bummer when you when you look at it too i agree um i agree if you're tough gonna loss. it is a tough loss and if you're gonna um get people in by their war stat then he's a war darling i mean oh you love the war right oh yeah sarcasm yeah Yeah, but but in this war area era we live in i mean he's a he's amazing for it and the thing is it's not to say he'll never make the hall of fame somehow some way but you know if you start seeing pitchers who get in with not as good like with his kind of stats then you're gonna start seeing people like him get in like bite blue Right, just because right. uh, and it just depends. I mean, I think it would water down the Hall of Fame for the most part. But yep. uh, I mean, yeah, you look I mean, at somebody Scott rolling that could get in. So, you know, <laughs> well, see, I Steve, I, Scott Roll. I compare <laughs> him to somebody like the way I look at it. If Mike Mussina can get in, then right. Vita Blue can get in. I mean, Mike Mussina, I, I kind of brought this up for comparable stats. Mike Mussina had 270 wins. OK, OK. okay. And didn't have 3,000 strikeouts, had 2,813 strikeouts. So never won an MVP. Yep. Right. I don't believe he's never won a Cy Young. Never won a World Series. Yet he's in the Hall of Fame. And that's just because just the the time he played in, he was one of the dominant pitchers. And the fact that Vita Blue came in, Vita Blue came in and he was in the 70s, there was a lot of top pitchers in the 70s. So uh, Vita Blue was kind of, he was kind of battling against his his predecessors, basically, right? right? Yep, I Peers. agree. I agree. Also, a little uh, Vita Blue trivia here. He was the uh, uh, first uh, uh, of only five pitchers in Major League history to start the All-Star game for both the American League and the National League. There we go. So, yeah, 71 with the A's and then 78 with the Giants. So. Yeah. So, yeah, Vita there Blue, man, 73. Uh, definitely, definitely missed in the baseball community. Yep. R.I.P. With uh, with that, we are going to do some top over reactions for the first month of the season. Love it. 
Uh, there's a lot of overreactions. I think oh, people yeah. need to calm down. There hasn't been slow your roll, everybody. Right? right. We haven't even played 50 games yet, and people are wigging out. It's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, I, I figured it'd be fun. We each pick uh, three overreactions, like something like where you say it, and it's like, all right, so let's let's slow down, people here. All yeah. Right? You know, things are either going to get better or or go back to earth for these uh, these teams. So yeah, yeah. And um, then- we could do back and forth. The first overreaction, sure. you know, for me on my side, I think a lot of people are wigging out about the Mets being in trouble. <laughs> oh, they're, they're totally in trouble. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're they're near the bottom of the of their division of the NL East. They're seventeen and nineteen currently Woo. on a three game losing streak. They've had battled injuries with Justin Verlander yep. and Max Scherzer, Scherzer. Yep. Uh, going to the IL. I, I know that's been tough with them. They lost Jacob Degrom, but he was also injured the last couple of years. So, and a lot of what's going on with with the New York Mets has to do with play. I mean, just play yep. in general. I mean, they're not stepping up. I mean, Pete Alonso, he's miss. He's he has a lot of swing and missing his game. I mean, there's. I'm not saying they're overall just this horrible team. I mean, I'm Brandon Nimmo's batting over 300, but. You know, uh, he's doing okay, but some of these guys, I know they have Brett Batty playing in there now. They're just trying to feel a lineup up. I think their biggest problem, which I'm finding out, is not really their starters, it's their depth. They don't really have good depth yeah. in their lineup. I mean, it's if somebody takes a vac, if someone's taking a day off, it's there's really nobody good to replace them. No, there's not. I mean, at and, any position. Uh, you know, you got a team whose payroll's what up over three hundred million, right? But yet you're relying on two two people in your everyday lineup. Your eight nine hitters are Oliveris and Batty, who are twenty one and twenty three respectively. So you're relying on two rookies to round out your lineup. So that's right. something really about your depth right there. That you, you don't have much depth. <laughs> you're right. You don't. You don't have much depth either. It doesn't help that some of your biggest hitters are not even hitting their weight. I mean, right. horrible Francisco Lindor, 224, gross. Ouch. Right? Yeah. Pete Alonso, uh-huh. 237, gross. And he's striking out like Eduardo Escobar, a buck 59. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just I hate it. And it's and it just goes back to even their their rotation between if you Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer are your guys, you don't really have anybody else coming up with them. Nope, and they're you know Sanga's okay. Yeah, you don't have much stepping up. So yeah, you don't have much stepping up at all. So my Mm -hmm. top over my third overreaction is the Mets are in trouble. I think everybody needs to calm down. I think this lineup is just getting trying to get that chemistry going. Um, they're I'm sure they're going to add some pieces. I think if a couple guys start producing, they'll get back in it. I mean, they're not too crazy out of first. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah. I mean, they're, they're not they're, running away with it. So, right. There's still two games out of the wild card, too. So it's like, right. Calm down, everybody. All yeah, right. So everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody just calm down. So, yeah, that's my first overreaction. Steve, what do you got? Uh, for me at number uh, three, I got uh, the Tampa Bay Rays will set the MLB record for wins in a season. It's calm down. All right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's possible. I think the record's what, 116 wins, right? By the, yeah. the Mariners. Yeah. They're currently 29 and eight. Mm-hmm. But you know they're really they're having a great start to the season. But I think eventually competition is going to catch up to them. They're going to battle it out with the really good teams of the AL East and kind of come back down to earth. You got to think like the '84 Tigers started the season 35 and five, and that was like you know the best 40 game start in uh, baseball history. But then after that, they played 500 baseball and you know still had a good season. But um, I think similar is going to happen to Tampa Bay, where uh, you know they're they're off to a torrid start here, but. 
they'll eventually come back down to earth. Do I think they're going to win 116 games? No. Do I think they can get to 100 wins? Yeah, very much so. But I don't think they're going to uh, they're going to break any records for major league uh, wins in a season. So that's my number three. Uh, yeah, I, I reactions. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that as well. I just the the Rays are really good, and tell me chemistry doesn't work, right? Chemistry yeah. works. Uh-huh. It's just, they don't have. I'm not seeing immaculate superstars in this team. They right. don't have a Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. They have. Wonder Franco and the La- and Lau and they, they, they and a Rosarena. I mean, these guys are yeah. really good, but they're not stars. But they're making it work, right. and uh, yeah, good for them. But it's a little overreaction, I think, especially for how close the AL East is. It's yeah. I think let's just pump the brakes a little on that. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore is going to be really good. Toronto's good. The Yankees will probably come back. So it's uh, eventually t- tip base going to come back down to earth. So. Yeah. And another team that is going to come back down to earth, who is my number two overreaction, is Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, boy. Here we go. I said the same thing about the Pirates a couple weeks ago. I think the bottom's going to drop out sooner than later. I think Arizona's got a very good team this year. I think their younger player development is paying off. I think they made the necessary yeah. moves within their team. I mean, you guys have, you they have guys stepping up big time that you would have not thought. I mean, <laughs> Pavin Smith, they're fine. He's finally seeing, yeah. I mean, even though he's batting near the bottom of the lineup, I mean, they're finally seeing the most out of Pavin Smith, right? Uh, yep. Christian Walker, Christian Walker's <laughs> as a first baseman is one of the top first basemen in the league right now. Clubbing RBI strikes out a little much, but he's getting up there as well. Uh, Ketel Marte is coming back. I mean, um, uh, Josh Rojas is doing good. Uh, Geraldo Perdoma. I mean, there's Alec Thomas could do a little better, but there's, yeah, Lords Guriel. And then they have the veteran leadership of Evan Longoria. I mean, Evan Longoria was part of that Giants team a couple years ago that made that early run. Right. So, uh, I really do like this team, but I look at it and it's kind of hollow. I I don't think. I don't think it's built to last. I think like the Pirates, the bottom's going to drop out. They're going to come back down to reality a little bit. Yeah. I love what Gabriel Moreno's Gabriel Moreno's doing. I think he was a great addition from this uh, from the Blue Jays uh, to being one of the top catchers right now. I love this yeah. lineup. It's looking good, but I just don't see the longevity of it right now. Yeah. Uh, I hope I'm wrong because I really do like Arizona in the direction they're headed, but I, I still think there's some pieces away. And if I'm if if I'm not mistaken, Andrew Chafin made a hell of a fucking decision <laughs> leaving Detroit to go with yeah. Arizona, which I thought that would have been a lateral move. Uh-huh. But talk about working in his favor, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. holy shit! And they got a young budding star in Corbin Carroll who is going to be their go-to star of the future. So I just think we need to pump the brakes. I don't think they're going to win the wild card. I don't think they're going to win the West. I think they're going to see themselves like the Blue Jays last year, look on the outside in. But I think this, but that's not to take away from how good they're doing now and how this is a very good inspirational start for them to push forward into their future. Yeah, it's a uh, a pleasant storyline. And uh, like you said, it's a a good glimpse into what can be with the, uh, with the Diamondbacks, you know, because they got the 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 youth in there with some veterans, but then mix in more of the youth, and you'll start seeing the uh, the final stamp on this team. It's also uh, worth noting that Kyle Lewis is injured again. So, <laughs> boy, him and Eloy Jimenez must love being on the IL. It's like a second home to them. <laughs> Kyle Kyle Lewis has played six games this season. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really lighting the world on fire, yeah. isn't he? I, I'm glad I dropped him in my fantasy team weeks ago. <laughs> Number two uh, for me is uh, uh, talking about the Atlanta Braves, uh, and mine is the Atlanta Braves will win the NL East by double digits. Yeah, mm. that's right. Uh, currently, right now, the Braves have a 
uh, seven and a half game lead on the Marlins. Um, we talked about the NL East. I think it's going to be competitive. Uh, the Mets are going to get back into it. I think the Phillies are going to get back into it. Miami's going to be good. Um, I, I, the Braves are doing well right now, but I don't see them pulling away and winning this thing by double digits. But uh, it, it, you know, they're twenty-five and eleven, so they're up to a fantastic start. But uh, I think uh, things will settle in. Teams behind them will start to surge, and I don't. I think they can win the NL East, but I don't think it's going to be by uh, double digits. Yeah. So that's my, my my number two right there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, number one for me, man, Gunnar Henderson is a bust. I have uh, to agree with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were all in on him at the beginning of the year. I was. Um, I remember I got that Gunnar Henderson rookie card when we were opening up our hobby box. I was like, oh, this yeah, is gonna be did. great. I coveted that. I barely wiped my butt with it. So uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> Everybody's saying, not everybody, but a lot of people are worried he's a bust, mostly from <laughs> the fantasy baseball perspective. I have him yeah. on fantasy baseball. I'm not going to drop him yet because the potential is there. It's just he's so young yeah. and the game is much faster for him right now. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. you got to love Gunnar Henderson. He has always been kind of one of their bright since Manny Machado left, aside from Adley yeah. Rushman. Right. It was kind of Gunnar Henderson being the next prospect, the next guy, right? To really, yep. to really come up. But I mean, but you got to cut the dude some slack. He's only twenty-two years old, twenty-one, twenty-two. Yep. Yep. Is he going to be twenty-two? Like, let's calm down. He's not doing great, <laughs> right? I mean, we we he's shit in the bed. I've thought about dropping him a bunch of times, but I think with the <laughs> Orioles, the reason why they haven't dropped him, the reason why. Uh, Tovar, he's doing really good with the Rockies. I, um, right now he is. He's on like in the last 12 games, he's hitting really well. But yeah, I, I think um, the reason why these guys aren't being dropped when they're performing bad is because one, a lot of these teams are patient and they're looking at this right. like, okay, he's going to, they're going to pull through. And people, someone like Gunnar Henderson, I think they're comparing him to Bryson Stott with the Phillies. Remember when Bryson Stott came up? Oh, he yeah. wasn't very good. I mean, he yeah. very Jared Kalenic, where, but the, Seattle was quick to drop Jared Kalenic back in the minors. But I think, what they're what the Orioles are doing with Gunnar Henderson is kind of what the Phillies did with Bryce Stott. Like, no, 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 throw him in there, <laughs> have him get the necessary at bats, and it's going to work out in the long run. He's going yeah. through his growing pains now, and you might as well have it now while he's young than have it when he's yep. later. You know, when he's older. Yep. That makes sense. Makes sense. You know, so I think we need to pump the brakes on it. I think he's going to be very good. And I think he needs a- to be demoted for a bit, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah I mean, but- I would demote him, but I understand yep. why. He's not being demoted. Right. I just I understand that. And this is I mean, this uh, remind I mean, this guy was just drafted in 2019. Yeah. He signed that two point three million dollar signing bonus, a first round pick. I mean, we're talking about a guy who came literally out of high school. I I, yeah. I think I think the world of this guy. I mean, he's a, he's kind of in the mold of a Derek Jeter, six foot three yep. guy, kind of a taller shortstop and. Um, maybe he could be their Cal Ripken in the future. You don't know, but everybody's saying bust because he's bad right now. But I, I think a lot of these people need to pump the brakes when it comes yep. to talking about these rookies. I, I mean, I get it. Last year, we seen rookies, even on the show, we talked about it. We seen rookies being called up to the majors at an unprecedented rate. I mean, right. Julio Rodriguez, Jared Kalenic, you have Gunnar Henderson. Now last year you had Bobby Witt Jr. Torkelson, Riley Green, you had a lot of guys, Corbin Carroll. You had guys being pulled up almost too soon. Yeah. And some of them are riding the wave and doing very good and holding their own. And then you got others like Gunder Henderson, like Torque and, and Green, who are just trying to find their footing in the Major League Baseball. Right, even, right. even Brett Bobby Witt Jr. 
it's just going to take a time. And I think everybody needs to pump the brake. Let's not call this guy a bust just yet. Like let's have a couple years under our belt here. I agree. Yep. Yep. I agree. He'll, uh, he'll turn it around and, Torkelson seems to be turning it around. He's at least doing better than before. Yeah. He's up to 240, Mike. Hey, baby steps, right? Baby steps. And uh, he's uh, got 16 RBIs, which is uh, nothing to shake a stick at there. So yeah. um, number one for me is I'm going to go look at our, our NL Central uh, leading Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Pirates will make the playoffs. Mm. I don't think it's going to happen. But but right now they're, you know, they're sit, sitting pretty there at a... Twenty-one and sixteen. They're a half a game up at Milwaukee. Uh, they're a pleasant start to the season, but they've come down to earth. They've lost eight of their last ten. I think uh, the bottom's going to uh, come out here uh, pretty soon, and they're going to find themselves back near the bottom of the division where uh, we expected them to be. But uh, similar to uh, Arizona, they've been a, a nice surprise here to start. Um, but will it, do I see them making the playoffs by the time September October rolls? Uh, no, I don't. But uh, overreaction right now, the first month, I'd say the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to make the playoffs. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm right there with you, Steve. I love that they're leading the division. I hope yep. this is real, and it might be real. But I just call us stupid uh, at the end of the season, <laughs> and they're in the playoffs. Yeah. And I hope it does hey, happen, man. But that'd be great. Yeah, it's such a weird. I never would have predicted the Pirates were going to be in first. I never would have uh-uh. predicted the St. Louis Cardinals were going to be in last. Nope. But you you could see why. You could just see why yep. uh, by the way they're playing. So yep. it makes sense. I agree. Shall we uh, head on over to the Fantasy Factory? Let's do it. Well, you uh you had a good week yeah. last week. You had the the gimme week where uh, you played yeah. a team that didn't really try. And yeah. I think you, you you swept it right. Twelve zips. Yeah, yeah. So I was ever facing this person. Basically, it's <laughs> you want to ke- recoup your wins. Play this team. It was. Uh, I hate wins win. like it's been that. My only win. Uh, it's been my only win of the season so far. So. Yeah, it's me. I hate those wins, Steve. Just because it's just at least right try. Place, yeah, it did. But it's you know it's it's a gimme game, you know. And I yeah. guess everybody has those, but I don't know. That stuff still pisses me off. But um, yeah. But it is what it is. I mean, you have, yep. I think there's uh, there's teams that are turning it around. I mean, you're seeing players in fantasy that are turning around really good. Um, right. Uh, and ours, we somebody just dropped somebody. Brandon Nimmo, which I find I got. But somebody. You got him. Hey, cool. I, I, I got Nimmo, but somebody put a waiver in on Gorman. Who, I think Joe dropped Neil, uh, Nolan Gorman. Gorman, really? Which was a surprise because he's one of the best hitters on that team. Yeah. And obviously he got scooped up by somebody else. And it's. I see there's some teams in our league that are like desperate right now. They're making moves yeah. and they're especially Joe. Joe's dropping some like really good players. And it's yeah. almost like his strategy, which, you know, anybody listening for when it comes to the fantasy segment, it's not a bad strategy. It's a risk uh-huh. strategy. But if right. you drop players for players that are doing good right now and you just keep swapping them out like you do with pitchers where, OK, right. this guy's going to get a start. I know I can get RBIs out of this guy for this game. Like Joe's playing matchups day to day. And yep. That's good on him because Joe's a very good fantasy player, but God, that's right. an exhausting way to play. <laughs> it really is. Especially yeah, when you uh, only got seven moves in one week. Yeah. And he makes like five or six of them on the first day of the week. Right. It seems like, you know, he's going for matchups, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I had another, took another one on the chin last week. So, uh, Oof. yeah, well, I, it's uh, I dig a hole on Mondays. It seems like I always fall way behind on Monday, and I'm trying to uh, trying to play catch up the rest of the week, yeah. and it just a lot of the time hasn't happened. So uh, not giving up. Still going to keep keep plugging away. 
I had a great pitching performance last week for overall as a whole, but my offense sucked. And then it just seems like I can't have them both hitting at the same time. So then I'll have like a great offensive week and then my pitching will blow. So it's like, well, yeah. And like you said, find, trying to find that balance. Yeah. Like you said at the beginning of the week, it's always tough when you get in a hole when that team takes off at the beginning of the week. Yeah. Which, they get like 11 or 12 RBIs on one day and I get two. Yeah. And usually Monday or Tuesdays where a, mo- a lot of teams take off days. And yep. it's, it sucks when the team you're facing uses, has a good, you know, even on the off days of those teams, yeah. they're still racking up at the beginning of the week and then just uh-huh. coast, coast the rest of the week on those stats. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it it's a kick in the nuts if someone has a great day on a Monday or a Thursday, because usually those are your off days for uh for teams. So it's like, uh, yeah, you know, so. I think with me and you, I, you know, and kind of this kind of goes back to our predictions of our prediction show and what we thought this season would be. And right now it is overreactions like we're talking yep. and it is too early to say. But I think you and I put a lot of faith in a lot of young players I yep. think you and I put a lot of faith in people that we had no idea they would start do start the season this poorly. Um, yeah, I mean, but Steve, but <laughs> My Steve, first if, pick of the draft. if I had that first pick too, I it would have been between him or Betts or Acuna. Yep. I probably yep. would have considered Trey Turner too because he could do it. He could steal bases. He bases. can hit. Yep. He can hit for power. I mean, the guy's uh-huh. a multifaceted player. Yep. You, nobody, I, I nobody predicted he'd have this bad of a start. <laughs> You know, I just I just don't get it. And like nobody thought the Yankees would suck this bad. Nobody thought the St. Louis Cardinals would suck this bad. And the Pirates would be awesome. It's like topsy turvy world right now. It's exactly unfucking real. What's happening right now? Unreal. Yeah. You just got to keep grinding and uh, hope for the best. I think I've made the most moves out of our any team in our league so far this year. So, uh, yeah, you you got to do what you got to get got to do. And. Hopefully things start panning out. So, uh, well, if you make the playoffs, it will show. Just be like, yeah, okay, look at all the hard exactly. work you put on your team. You know, exactly. So, yep, I just got to uh, just got to get in. That's my my goal right now. So, but and the thing is, like, you know, I'm near the bottom of the standings, but I'm only like eight and a half games out of first. That's how competitive our our league is right now. Yeah, you know, where like one you- good week can throw you back into it, but one bad week can knock you right back out. So. It's- like you play in the yeah. AL East. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody else who's having a little bit of trouble in their fantasy league, Steve, uh-huh. they're, they have a decision to make. Uh, Jane Meehan out of Beaumont, Texas, writes us. She says, I have a love-hate relationship with Zach Wheeler right now. He has an ERA over four and is a weak link on my staff. Thing is, he's 99% owned in all of Yahoo leagues. Yet in my league, I'm sending, I'm seeing gem arms like Alex Cobb found in the pool and get picked up. I don't really have anyone I want to drop. Is it time to say goodbye to Wheeler this soon? What would you do? Well, first of all, um, great question. Uh, if it was last year, me, I'd say, hold on to him. He'll, uh, he'll work things out. But, uh, just because he's owned by 99% of uh, teams, it's basically by name and reputation only. So if he's not performing and you uh, want to kick him to the curb, I say kick him to the curb, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you find someone else that you like off the waiver wire, like an Alex Cobb or something like that that you feel can bolster your team and and, and weigh, uh, weighing all your pros and cons, he's the one player you can drop. I, I you know, I, I, I say do it. it it's, you know... Uh, many times last year, I held on to a player like Alex Bregman. 
Alex Bregman's owning like 90% of 90 plus percent of the leagues. Yeah. Holding out hope that he was going to get better, but he just didn't. And uh, so just because, you know, he's owned by a whole bunch of people, they're basically owning the name. They're not owning what he's actually doing on the field. So um, I say if you if you have a better option, drop him. So, yeah, yeah, or if you can find a sucker to trade, you're right. There you I go. Mean, yep. Uh, yep. The ninety the the high own rate you could always use as a as a as a marketing ploy. Yeah. To this guy's owned by a lot of people here, huh? Yeah. And, and he yeah. is. He's he's one of the aces of their staff, him and Nola. Yep. And yep. if you could say, hey, he's going to turn it around. He's having a rough season, but I need to. I need more hitters, or I need, yep. uh, you know, more pitchers. Say you got exactly. a pitcher in the pool you like, you know, maybe yep. trade him and then throw in some you know somebody else that you don't like that way you right. have the open roster spot yep and you get a traded player on your team and that open and that free agent you want in the long run i mean it's kind of a exactly. lot of moves but yeah man i'm with steve yeah. on that it's just it, when fantasy baseball when you're down but when you start losing games it's then you're playing yep. catch up the whole season yep. unless you get a gimme game like i had where it's like all right We're, you're gonna win all the categories it. <laughs> You're gonna win all the categories because some asshole didn't put in their lineup all week. So, yep, exactly. um, you know, but that's very <laughs> rare. So, yeah, I'm with uh-huh. Steve, man, hundred percent with Steve on that. Yep, yep. So, great question. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jane. Um, yeah. it's that time, Steve. Is it? Is it, is it starter sit time? It is. All right. Well, let's uh, let's cue the music. Okay, for this week, we're starting off in the outfield. Uh, mm. starting or sitting Harper or Corbin Carroll? Which one are you going to start? Harper. Okay. Otani or Kyle Tucker, utility? Otani. Harrison Bader or Marcel Ozuna? Bader. Uh, Ty France or Jake Cronenworth? Uh, Cronenworth. Ty France again or Andres Jimenez? Uh, Ty France. Uh, Shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr. or Bo Bichette? The guy's a hit machine right now. Uh, Tatis in the outfield or Seiya Suzuki outfield? Petis. Michael Conforto or Brandon Nimmo? Nimmo. Stick it in the outfield. Chris Bryant or Juan Soto? Bryant. Brian Anderson or Isak Paredes for third base? Uh, Isak Paredes. Uh, JT Realmuto or Will Smith catcher? Will Smith. Remember when I thought you had Will Smith the catcher? You did. Totally. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, did someone drop Will Smith? I was like, uh, I picked up a Will Smith, the Rangers closer. <laughs> I thought, well, the way you said it, you're like, you're like, you said something like kind of smartassy, which I thought was funny. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're so happy. You're probably happy you got Will Smith. And then I looked and then you said, oh no, it was just a reliever. You said, I picked up the reliever, Will Smith. I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. I didn't read that. It was so uh, funny. You just probably saw the notification. You're like, Will Smith. I was like, Steve got a fucking a gimme. Let's go. Got a gem right there, a little gift for the S man. Uh, JT Real Muto or Adley Rushman catcher? Uh, Rushman. Ooh, Rush. Yeah, and Rushman's just getting back into his groove again. Thank God. After yep. Being yep. Big time slump. Uh, Colton Wong or Gene Segura? Segura. CJ Cron or Josh Bell? CJ Cron. Josh Bell or Brandon Drury? Brandon Drury. Ozzy Elbies or Marcus Simeon second base? Albies. Oakland A's star. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brett Rooker or Christopher Morrell? Uh, give me Rooker right now because Morrell just came up. So, Rooker uh, Rook- up. 
Rooker again or Byron Buxton? Rooker. Uh, uh, Jose Pena or Bryson Stott, shortstop? Uh, Stott. Uh, Josh Rojas or <laughs> Tommy Edmond? Rojas. I love that name. Uh, I do too. Estery uh, Ruiz, who's been very good, or Andrew Benatendi, who's actually been the lone shy sock star. <laughs> uh, give me uh, Ruiz. All right, man. What do we got for waiver wire? Uh, waiver wire. So here's uh, three players that I was looking at uh, that you could potentially pick up on your team to give yourself a little bit of a boost. Uh, first is Lords Guriel Jr. for the Diamondbacks. He's up 31% in Yahoo Leagues. Hit 571 last week with four home runs and six RBIs to go along with six walks. Uh, also, uh, looking at uh, players would be Christopher Morrill for the Cubs. He's up 13% in Yahoo Leagues. Set to make a season debut this week, so uh, people are really jumping on uh, what he could be. So uh, Christopher Morrill's one to look at. And third is uh, Anthony Rendon. He's up 9% in Yahoo Leagues. He hit 474 last week with a home run and seven RBIs to go along with six walks. So those are uh, three people that I'm looking at on the waiver wire for this week. Love it. All right, shall we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Up for me is somebody we talked about earlier, Gunnar Henderson. Up $5.05. That is a 34.57% right. increase. Market price right now sits around $19.66. Uh, some easy cards you can get that are soaring, or if you have, that are soaring in price. There's 2023 Bowman Rookie Card, number 65. 2019 Panini Prism Draft number 52, which is a really nice card, and his number and his 2022 Bowman Platinum Precious Elements. Uh, down for me, which is really weird, but I think it's just because it's so soon, and we'll pro- and this will probably be up, so it probably won't stay down long. Is Vita Blue? Okay. Vita is down twenty dollars and eleven cents. That's a sixty nine point eight three percent decrease. Market price right now sits around eight dollars and sixty nine cents. His some of his cards, which I think I probably have all these, are his seventy-seven <laughs> tops two three zero. His seventy-two tops, uh, number ninety-four, which is the AL pitching leaders one, where it has Vita Blue, Wilbur uh, Wood, and it has Mickey Lolich on it. Nice. I really, really nice. like that card. All right. Oh man, I'm sure Vita Blue bounced back though. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna happen. Up for me this week is uh, Cody Bellinger. He's up seven dollars and ninety cents, or a hundred and four point three six percent increase to a market value of fifteen dollars and forty seven cents. Up cards include is Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, two thousand twenty one tops tribute dual relic numbered twenty five, and it's two thousand twenty one tops chrome X Fractor parallel SP number two hundred. Uh, down for me this week actually is Tony Gwynn. He's down $5.40 or a 26.69% decrease to a market value of $14.83. Uh, down cards include his 1984 Donruss number 324 and his 1983 Fleer Rookie number 360. Let's go. Yeah. Shall we uh, get the candles out, celebrate a birthday? Let's do it. All right. Well, speaking of, it's a happy heavenly birthday to Padres great Hall of Famer Tony Gwynn, born on May 9th, 1960. Uh, some career stats on Tony Gwynn, a career 338 hitter, 3,141 hits, 135 home runs, and 1,138 RBIs. Spent his entire career with the Padres from 1982 to 2001. He was an eight-time NL batting champion, a 15-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove Award winner, seven-time Silver Slugger Award winner, Roberto Clemente Award winner in 99. Uh, Padres number 19 is retired, as well as uh, part of the San Diego Padres Hall of Fame. 
uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2007, first ballot, uh, 97.6% of the votes. Uh, a little trivia on Tony Gwynn. He, like I said, had a career 338 batting average uh, and never hit below 309 in any full season that he played. So imagine that, always over 300, except for you know when he first came up as a rookie, and that was just a handful of games. So uh, happy th- heavenly birthday to Tony Gwynn. Yeah, two things that come to mind are I'm, who are the boobs that didn't vote for him on the first Yeah, ballot? exactly. Exactly. It's like the people that didn't vote for Griffey. Yeah. <laughs> or or Hank Aaron, you know, or Willie Mays. It's like 97.6. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? Yeah, but Mariano exactly. Rivero gets 100. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in sure. a second, while you were saying that, I, I, for some reason in my mind, I was playing the when you were reading that, <laughs> the uh, the Jurassic Park theme song. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should layer that over it when you're yeah. editing the show. Because <laughs> it's so sad because it's you know it we're ta- we're talking about Vita Blue who just passed and and then uh Tony Gwynn the legendary hitter. Yeah. It's like so yep. sad, you know. It's like yeah. <laughs> and that sh- strike short season of three uh or 1994, I think he hit like almost 400, like 390 something. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Unbelievable hitting talent right there. Yeah, just a pure hitter all the way around. So yep. just And he yeah. always took uh always took less money just to stick around in San Diego. Well, so, was, so that says something to his character right there. One of the class acts of his time. I mean, yep. he was in a time where Dave Winfield I I can't I don't know if Dave was Winfield was playing with him at the time, but when he was in that 84 series, I mean, he Tony yep. Gwynn was becoming the Tony Gwynn that we knew. Right, and, right. And uh, I just, yeah, he just became a star and he just stuck with that was his team that he was to this day. I still consider him the face of San Diego baseball. Yep. Completely Um, agree. Even though there's Manny and those guys, it will probably change if they win a world series with these guys. And then you can say, okay, but yeah, man, Tony, Tony Gwynn was uh, all, all classic, all pro man. Yep. Completely agree. So yeah. Happy uh, heavenly birthday to Tony Gwynn. That's a fucking show. That is a show. That's a good show. Yeah, so me and my neon shirt here is gonna. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna go highlight some things for me? I'm gonna go highlight right, things. Cool. This thing is so bright. <laughs> we came out of the show and I was like, ah, yeah. Cool. This thing is whoosh, like someone turned on a light. Yeah. Um, oh my god, it's crazy. But uh, in the meantime, um, be a friend, tell a friend, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We honestly appreciate it every week. Steve and I do. Um, if you have any questions, go ahead and send them to either at Michael dot or um, at Michael J. Dalt or yep. at Stephen dot Ford. Oh, two. Yeah. And yep, that's uh, correct. Yep. on Instagram. And don't be a douche and say, don't say Stephen S T E V E N. The man is S T E P H E N. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's a big pet peeve of mine. Yeah, somebody called him Stephen yeah. with a V in an email. I think last week. Yeah, yeah, he was very yeah. upset. Yeah, I was. I was very much upset. <laughs> very frustrated. Um. <laughs> anyways, oh. uh, in the meantime, guys, we will catch you guys all next week. Deuces. Deuces.